never said I'm a perfect person. I've said and done things I regret. And the words released today on this more than a decade-old video are one of them. It wasn't a slur. I repeated something that somebody else said and uh, said, we're not going to say that. Um, we don't use that kind of language and vocabulary. And for that, I'm sorry. I'm disappointed in myself that something like that could happen. You've also been criticized about um, your interactions with women. Um, seven women accuse you of touching them without their permission, and uh, many have been critical about how you've handled it since the accusations. To say, I'm sorry you were offended is not an apology. Here's the deal. I'm, I'm really sorry if what I did in talking to them, trying to console, that in fact they took it a different way. It's too late I'm sorry. Also, just chatting. I mean, this, you you see the, the thing, and uh, you know he's going to be around a lot, especially in the next month. I got Chris James here. Oh, and, uh, oh sorry. Yeah. And, and, how, and how good and appropriate. And you, have you had any uh, Canadians on I'm sorry? <laughs> no. Yes. Stefan came Stephan. on. Okay. So, Stefan, so you guys have heard the different iteration of the word. It, it is one of those bizarre things that I really genuinely had no concept. I don't really hear accents unless they're really thick anyways. Like, I think you and I sound the same accent-wise. I don't think we have a different accent. But I guess if people listening will probably tell me we do. Um, but that was one of those ones. I didn't realize we said sorry differently. I, I mean... Like we, we definitely, cause, cause, and even like people had to explain to me, you guys say sorry, right? Sorry. And we say sorry, sorry yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I've told you, so I've told you about my dad. So mm -hmm. like his, his obsession with Canada and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he, he said, sorry sometimes, which is a very odd thing to do. When? So he he appropriated our language, <laughs> just like it's now. Now is it now? I I do recall you talking about this, but now was he? It almost seems like he's sort of making fun of us, like you know, like he's treating not. us like no, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like oh, sorry, you know, it wasn't like like oh, those those crazy Canucks up top, and like he was like collecting things, like oh, I got so I got this maple syrup, you know, he it wasn't doing done in a mocking fashion at all. He did do the maple syrup too. He loves okay. maple syrup. But it's, they, it's, Brian, it feels like he's kind of he's just doing all the things like that he heard about on like an episode of something. I he mean, needs when, to apologize. I think <laughs> for what he's doing to you people, which I, I you think people, you people, yeah. okay, you people, and so it doesn't <laughs> the, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree then, <laughs> as far as the anti-Canadian racism. No, that's cool. That's cool to have some respect from a from an American. You don't hear that very often. It's usually <laughs> the other way. Like we know everything about America, and usually Americans know very little about Canada. So that's nice. He's a, a weird dude. Uh, born in Buffalo, New York. Well, that moved. makes a little bit more sense now. I just want to say Buffalo, New York is very close to the Canadian border. Moved to Canada for nine years. He lived there until he was nine and uh, considers himself Canadian. Well, now. he is then. I mean, he pretty much is. Nine uh, years. Dude, he's in his 60s. But how old, was he when, how old was he when he lived in Canada? Nine. 
like zero to nine nine years old but you're saying you're saying one to nine so that's why i'm saying he is a canadian in my opinion he was born and raised i mean not born but basically raised in canada and born as close to canada as you can i mean really close to canada anyway so i'm gonna say your dad is an honorary canadian i'm I'm wondering if they cross the border i never asked him this i'll bet you they crossed the border so he could be born here was why he was born in the United States. So he could have Possibly. citizenship here. I'll bet you that's what happened. But mm-hmm. like he said he moved here when he he says he moved here when he was nine or ten. And when he started school, he was like two grades ahead of everybody. Because, you know, Canadians are also very smart. Um not true. And uh well, yeah, but he he back then was it like a me. okay. Because no, I don't well, think our school, school, I mean, maybe our school system is a little bit better than American schools. I guess it is. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of ignorant on the subject, but it doesn't feel like our schools are that much better than yours. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it, here's what I think that they sort of uh, uh, they just teach different things. Mm. Which oh, will here we make go. You... Here we go. Oh, look about hockey and maple syrup and <laughs> Bobby hockey. Orr. Oh, when the when the fucking Blue Jackets got here. Oh. You would you wouldn't have believed his the iteration. only fucking person excited about it in the entire city of Columbus. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, when I say nobody gave a fuck about the Columbus Blue Jackets, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of those teams, though. I guess that even had less interest. Um, you know, like Phoenix, Coyote, like there was like even the Tampa Bay Lightning. I remember when they were really, really good, oftentimes wouldn't have a full arena, which makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. You know? Yeah, they they it it sucks. I don't like no, that. No, no, no. That's not li- you fucker. That's not what I, <laughs> I'm saying. You fuck it. You dear misrepresenting my words. What I'm saying is it makes sense that it's somewhere like Tampa, Florida, that they would not be into ice hockey. Like, it's just obvious. It's a very hot place. Nobody's growing up playing really. You know, you don't have the outdoor rinks like you do in Buffalo, New York. That's for sure. I wanted to play hockey when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. But my dad was like, equipment's too expensive nope play baseball yeah. and it's no. like i don't baseball but he's right though that's the that's the kind of bullshit thing about hockey i will say is that it is one of those sports that is kind of for only a certain level of wealth when you're younger because it, there was, i knew a lot of people i didn't play i played soccer i don't think it was because of that like i was middle class but it's who knows cheap. maybe soccer's cheap soccer's totally cheap but i like soccer more but i think all my friends played hockey, or a lot of them did, but then there was, yeah, the some that just could not afford to play. And that, to me, is kind of bullshit, that it's just like this sport only a certain level of, like, on the, on the whole, um, you know, as far as richness goes, you have to be at this level to play. That seems bullshit, but also... I mean, I guess that's the way the world works. Yeah, journalism. I I brought this up on The Basement Show with Matt this week. The journalism is sort of like that. Yeah, uh, where that's why I just started like, realizing a lot of stuff is like that. Yeah, you gotta like be able to work for free for like nine months or a year or two or something, and it's like I don't know who can fucking do that. You Rich know, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's the other thing. I was on uh, Citations Needed this week, and we're sort of. Mm, talking- I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not. I'm gonna wait, and I'm not sure that you were. I'm going to wait and see and wait and find out, get, get a few citations on that. 
Oh my god! Hey, I've been on there twice, so that I well, think no, but and you, but that's you saying that. I would like some corroboration. That would be nice to get some corroboration, and you could she, maybe just send me a link or something. I did their. I did one of their best reviewed episodes. Um, well, and again, that's and it still gets recommended on Twitter all the time. And I did this two years ago. That's mm-hmm. why they have me back. I'm fucking like uh uh. uh I'm trying to think of like a good tonight show guest you know where they they would be like yeah let's just you know have this guy on i mean and, i don't uh, remember back then i know that there's like your go-to guests on you know i mean norm mcdonald on yes. any late night show was just money in the bank you know yeah but that's why they have mean. me on citations I mean, needed like you mean like though the like back in the day they used to have their like they would have these guys on all the time because there was only there was also le- like fewer celebrities back then too there was only about like forty eight celebrities or something when Johnny Carson was doing <laughs> the Tonight Show so yeah they would roll well, through them they said to they they said that people loved the episode it was funny and okay, I was still going still going on about the episode <laughs> we've all moved on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought we would just uh, chat about can- my dad's obsession with Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're doing Shocktober soon. Uh, starts in like two weeks, maybe yeah. one and a half weeks. I don't know. I I just got Chris. I just got in the mail a a thumb drive mm-hmm. of uh, forty hours of Howard Stern from nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty two, which I'm not doing Howard Stern this year, so. Uh, I do have that. Maybe I will now that I have that, though. And then 81 Howard Stern would be pretty fascinating to listen to. You would certainly have to make sure you listen to every single (laughs) second of it, uh, because I would imagine there will be some language that wouldn't necessarily fly in today's society, though. But the other thing that came on it, uh, 10 hours of the Grease Man from 1986 to 1987. Holy shit, early again. That's going to be worse to the fucking 80s grease, man. You're going to be able to use like 16 seconds of that audio out of all the 10 hours. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The grease, man. I mean, there's probably, I mean, I would have to guess there's maybe some racism on that, on that grease, man. I you know? uh, speaking of the grease man and speaking of Shocktober, I I'm, I've got to start marking down some clips because I have to send some too because I'm always listening to Opie and Anthony these days old, old Opie and Anthony clips and there is you're doing Opie and Anthony right obviously yeah I'm thinking about because I I am putting that episode together now I've been mm-hmm. uh I've been working on that episode for the past like two weeks and and one of the things I think I really want to do is this episode being a touch different where I do solo Opie, solo Anthony and Jim and Sam this time. Jim and Sam. Ooh, Jim and Sam. I have <laughs> not, I have sparsely heard any Jim and Sam only like clips and stuff, you know, that I'll like see on YouTube or whatever. Um, but I've heard some uh, not so great things about that show. I've <laughs> From heard Opie Hughes. From Greg Opie Hughes. I just heard it's kind of maybe a bit boring or whatever, but um, yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's now I I I just want it. There's a, one of the best clips, and I'm gonna send it to you after. But this is just so I remember. It's Jim Norton, and you probably know it. Jim Norton meeting um, uh, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. 
Yeah. And no, it's maybe it's not him meeting him. Maybe it's him seeing him for maybe he's met him before. But but he he, he comes into the studio and Jim starts talking in an accent, <laughs> like a very subtle, like oh, I've just been just been working out, you know. <laughs> like it's, he just does this bizarre, and they keep playing the audio and making fun of him about it, and he can't explain why he did it or where it came from or why, and it is just incredible, incredible audio of a man who's just like. Like, cause Jim's a classically like such a fanboy of of Ozzy specifically, but people in general, and you could tell that he had just completely blacked out and just completely lost his head about where he was. Um, I did also, eleven. I I listened to almost. I listened to about eleven hours of them goofing on Scorch, and oh, yeah. uh, oh. I'm not going to use it. I just really like when they goof on Scorch. Oh, you you watched the Scorch Supercut, the eleven hour yes. one on YouTube. Yeah, there's a second one, by the way. Just so you're aware, there is a second Scorch. Um, I gotta get Supercut. it. The Scorch stuff is so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, Do you know you what? You want to hear something interesting about Scorch? Now, people who are li- you, you guys are gonna like this. I think listeners, Scorch Scorch has a stand. You're gonna know this too, Brian. Scorch has a stand up comedian on the show at one point who they rip on also and make fun of. Yeah. That yeah. stand-up comedian, he follows me on Twitter, and is like this, uh, just like a re- you know, really nice guy. His name is Josh Gondelman, and so you oh, probably, yeah. you probably, I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. So they like rip on him really, really hard, and it. And I do have to like, it's hard. I mean, I I've never listened. I don't listen to like Josh Gondelman's comedy or stand-up or whatever. He like wrote for like Deuce and Marrow, and like you know, he's he's quite a successful comedian now. Um, but I always find it funny because, you know, I've interacted with him before and I would listen back to those clips and Josh Gondelman pops up on fucking Scorch's show. We could do yeah. Scorch, by the way. Yeah, I think Scorch would be tough because they did. It's Beca- Scorch would be tough because they did so much of it, I guess, on ONA, I, you know? Yeah. I'll say that the, the addition this year, I think, because we did not hit like us last year. So I like to rotate guys back in. You know, and also I like to have a new show every mm. year. And this you year, you brought Lycus back in. I I think yeah, I pretty sure oh, I'm going to do that. God, well we I didn't do it last year. I know, and I was happy for it. I thought <laughs> we rid ourselves of this. His voice makes me the, the reason that I don't like listening to Lycus. It's not even like the stuff he says. It's that physically his voice makes me feel sick to listen to. <laughs> like it makes me feel sick to listen to his fucking voice, like rawr, rawr, rawr. like you know, like it just I I hate his like noises and yeah. his new voice or well, his old had... voice. But which one is which one is? I mean, the old one is the one I'm thinking of. I'm sure. Oh, when, when, I, I, oh, that's the yeah. old one. Is that radio? So when did guy he start voice? doing a new voice? <laughs> when he started losing his voice, and now he sounds like this. Hey, it's Tom Lycus. Oh, he's doing. He sounds like Bob Einstein now. Like, <laughs> does that sound good? Well, no, um, he's still doing the radio guy, like, yeah, mouth movements. You know, hey, welcome to the show. You know, and he just sounds like. Did really we listen? Bad. So when, when we listened to him, he had already lost his voice last time. Uh, no, it would have been two years ago, and he had lost his voice. But my guess is that we listened to old, older stuff too. Yeah, maybe yeah. we listened to a little bit of newer stuff, but I don't recall him really having lost his voice. So that's good to look forward to. His voice it's is funny. worse and now. The monsters in the morning are are fairly influential. Really, they're they're a Florida show, 
uh, Orlando, which is like the land of shock jocks. Sorry, this is and, the new show? Yeah, this is the new show. They're a Florida show. Um, influenced like so many people. Ron Bennington was on there for a period of time, uh, like would guest on there and, and shit like that. And they uh, had a guy named Dirty Jim uh, and Wendy from the Howard Stern show went, oh, I forget what he calls her now. Wendy, the, I don't know, but I'm not going to say Why don't you just what say that? He, just why don't you just call her? <laughs> he used to call her. She started out on Monsters in the Morning, like calling into them. So uh, I, I was like, yeah, they seem like a really good choice. They have like a huge cast of characters and it's that kind of radio that we have a lot of fun making fun of, you know, the, the song parodies and shit like that. So I'm mm -hmm. going to get started on them. I have 40 or I have like a lot of hours of them too. So I, I get moving on those. But yeah, I thought having you on here today would be really fun if we maybe did some apologies mm -hmm. from Shock Jocks. It's almost like a uh, preview really oh, that's real nice i love a good and that's funny because somebody was making an apology i was listening to opie and anthony and they were making some apology about saying something insensitive and uh anthony did a very short grease man impression he went like who who no no not that he, the who who's yeah what yeah like waddle doodle or something like that you know like he said something just alluding to grease men having to apologize all the time for stuff. It was a real subtle sort of shocktober style joke that I just ate up. I fucking rewound it and listened to it again and thought about <laughs> sending it to you. I listened to all the Anthony doing the grease man. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, nasty words in there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it is really fucking. It kills me every time. Yeah, same uh, with same with uh, the on Howard Stern with Billy West. I mean, Billy West was legendary as well. But yeah, that was the thing about Greaseman that was notable was that he was racist. So yes. the impression of him would generally include racism. <laughs> yeah. So what I did is uh, this is a story that you might remember. Uh, I cannot find the audio of this. This seems like a big Anthony Cumia DMCA takedown situation. But uh, do you remember Homeless Charlie? Um, like came in, uh, came into the studio and said some really nasty oh. stuff about uh, Condoleezza Rice and yeah. Like they were goofing around on it, which by the way, that's another Opie and Anthony thing where they say we had a guy in studio that was just riffing. And it's like, well, but they, you were, you were like making fun of it too. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like when we talked about sex for Sam three, it's like they, when you listen to that, they are always like, uh, well, we didn't have you know, any control over the shit that happened there. And then you listen to it and they're like, yeah, take her. Yeah. Go in there and do anal in the vestibule. Hey, go do this exact thing. Yeah. Like, please uh, listen to our directives, please. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't care uh, if somebody gets in trouble. That's like, like a big deal to me. I, I mean, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Uh, as far as like, you know, two adults having anal sex at, at a church or whatever, yeah. it's like, they Who shouldn't, cares? but you know, but in my mind, it was like that they were, that, cause they blamed Paul Mercurio for that. 
for several years. I remember. I was just listening to old audio of them blaming Paul Mercurio, saying that if he had just gotten out of there um, as well, like, you know, they blamed him for like, just, you know, he was the correspondent or whatever. But I'm, I'm, they were really saying, like, if he had just fucking gotten out of there, he was, like, trying to, like, engage with the cops and stuff and, like, keep the bit going. And if he had just left, everything would have been fine. They were talking about it. They, they were, like, saying, like, yeah, like, it's all his fault and shit. <laughs> yeah. When you listen to the audio, it is not all his no. fault. No. <laughs> oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> so there was a, a – they, they were suspended for the homeless Charlie stuff, um, which – they then had to do an apology mm-hmm. and um, they, they, uh, uh, so I got the apology here. These apologies, uh, th- this apology I know is going to be good because I know they are not sorry at all. Yes. Not even in the least. They're not going to take this seriously at all. They're going to try to make probably a few little nods or winks in there. Even maybe that they're not taking it seriously. But at the same time, they have to make it sound good enough that that it gets past whoever is asking them to make the apology. So let's see how they do it. So we apologize to the public officials for comments that we made on our XM show May 9th. We take very seriously the responsibility that comes with our creative freedom and regret any offense that this segment has caused. Um, So that was the whole thing. So that they, is that is that's not and, and they didn't even go that route that I thought what they no. did, they didn't they didn't write that they, that's not well, theirs. I heard it live and uh what they did is they they at the end cuz this is when Opie and Anthony are, are doing uh K-Rock and Sirius. Oh, right. As right. I said, the the biggest ripoff of all time, like really, truly big ripoff fucking situation for the people that were paying for XM to have censored rate the first three hours of the show censored with tons of commercials. Yeah. Um, but uh, what they did was at the end of the, the K-Rock show, they read this apology and then uh, you could hear the... You could, and they did it also at the beginning of the XM show. When they did it on the XM show, as soon as he finished, it was Anthony that read the apology. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, he is not an apologizing guy. He, he, I mean, he's very unapologetic. Yes, about he can everything. never, never sound sorry or never sound like you know genuine in that circumstance ever. It oh. always sounds like he's fucking dripping in sarcasm. When wait he until, wait until you hear him talking about how he's not going to apologize to Bill Burr. For saying shit about his wife uh, oh from recent times ah yeah <laughs> i got that ah. audio I, I, it's very nasty it's him it's and Gavin really, i i do forget that he is a that he is like fully sort of engaged now in this whole you know like he is a white supremacist yes you know, yeah and point. he's just he's i mean he's he always just, was but he's as i've said before it, the world now is sort of he feels more comfortable being public about it in this current era of things. Yeah. I think I was talking to some friends and, and talking about how, like I posted a video of Opie talking about that. He can't spend money like he used to maybe a little bit. Like I, I started to feel fucking sorry for Opie. <laughs> because he's like i just can't throw money around like i used to it's you realize he's still extremely rich right yes i do but it's like when he's talking about that he's meaning that he can't like 
tossed thousands of dollars around like frivolously on like just absolute nonsense vacations and like going to like Italy to go for dinner with his wife and shit like that. Like that's what he's but, talking about. But I mean, you would expect with their level of success mm-hmm. that they would be able to throw money around for the rest of their lives. Well, I'm sure if he, if he was at all responsible with his money or dealt with it in a reasonable way, then he would have been able to no problem if he invested it properly. But also on top of that, he could be lying about it altogether. He could have a lot of money still. And he's trying to make people feel bad. He lives in a fucking mansion. I mean, let's not, I mean, he lives in a fucking mansion. He has multiple homes. Like he, he still, I mean, I guess he doesn't have any income now though. Right. No, nothing. To, I mean, yeah. stars, whatever that is, like some website. What, are you talk- you can, what do you mean? Some website you can like, it's like super chats in a way, but they call them stars. It might be a Facebook thing, actually. Okay, where, so he's like, he's like getting like income that way. But I mean, that's not serious. Like, I wonder what his financial situation is. You never I know. Too. I mean, I mean, he could have, <laughs> he could have gotten fleeced, I guess, you know, but I don't know. He, I, th- I think he still has lots and lots of money. Sure. But Anthony moving to South Carolina was another thing where I was like, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, no, that's like, politic. That's politically driven. Yeah, but he was that's, in that has Island. to do with not not wanting to live in New York because he sees it as being, you know, there were so many people doing that in his like circle of freaks and weirdos, you know, moving outside of L.A. and New York or California, yeah. New York, rather. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. I know it's like kind of a little bit, but I mean, Anthony, I think still has incredible amounts of income coming in. So I, I don't think Anthony, True. there's any hint. I mean, I think that horrible racist compound media that he does is very successful with the type of people who, you know, are very, very close to probably murdering somebody because of the color of their skin. I think he does very well yes. with that demographic and gets a lot of money from them. So I posted a clip of uh, of Opie, also the new thing that people are doing on his stream, is saying, uh, when does the show start? Is this the show? <laughs> people were asking me online if it was me. People were yeah. like saying that they thought it was me in there because someone asked about his shirt as well, which is like a prank I famously do to this weird guy on my channel. Um, but no, I've never been. I'm gonna get into his chats. I'm gonna. I have to. I have to subscribe so I can get the notifications when he goes live. Is is it regular? I, I maybe have asked you before. Oh, dude, I don't think you'd be able to because he he goes on at like six forty in the morning Eastern. Well, I was literally awake at. Uh, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific this morning. One day a week, I, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning to call the East Coast uh, radio shows that are on early. So I am up oh. once a week where I could do it. I think you'd also be really excited to know that he's about to start doing his show in the restaurant again, too. So Okay, but you, you had mentioned that to me, and I assume that that was you just like fucking joking around or whatever, like making no, some sort of joke in a reply no. to me, trying to rile it's, me up or whatever. It's very true. He's whoa, going whoa. back to Gebhardt's and recording the show. The same at, place? Uh, yes. Okay, well, hang on a second. So what's his, like, what's his explanation of it? Like, how does he spin this as far as, like, like, where did it go? Why did he stop doing it? Why is it coming back now? Why does he not do it in a fucking podcasting studio? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even do the shows 
that sound better. And he does it in like a hallway at his house. It looks like, you know, up in, up in New York, uh, in Manhattan, he's like 500 feet above Manhattan. But yeah, he said he wants to get out in the world. Um, he said that a lot of people have been telling him that they miss when he would go out on the streets and talk one to message, people. One message, one one single DM came in. I know that thought process. I've been there. You know what I mean? Like so one yeah. person is just like, yeah, yeah. like just hey, I just did it now, kind of. Where I was like, people were asking me about it. It was like two people. Yeah. Two people were like, was it you sending the the messages to, you know, that's what happened. Opie got, Opie got one fucking DM from someone saying, hey, man, I miss you going walking around on the street. And he's just like, fuck, man, the, the fucking... Hey, let me tell you, the, the streets are calling for it, you know? <laughs> the groundswell of support. The fan base has spoken. It's yeah. time to get back in the... Uh... He's also... I mean, this is going to be so fun to do on the actual episode. Him doing... Him, like, using the words, like, gaslighting and, and uh, you know, just, like, kind of those those words, which I'm just, like, I'm eating it up. I'm by the way, it just dawned on me as well. Probably the guy who sent to the message was fucking with him. The guy who was like, I missed you being out on the street was probably like an O and A troll who yes, was like trying to get him to do it. So the fucking, fucking shit. Yeah. It's so funny, man. Yeah, and then and, and then Anthony it. literally makes fun of it and stuff as well. And like Chip will make fun of it and stuff too. So it's probably like those people trying to get it, you know, more fodder for people to make fun of. Um, well, so I, I hope he goes out on the street because I will say his street. I, I did my stream, my Twitch stream, and I felt the the vibes of Opie. And it really did, you know, as I was doing it, it sort of struck me how so much goes on in New York. You know, because I was walking around Vancouver and I was like, oh, there's a lot going on. Like I can there's a lot to show people and a lot of sort of different interesting things to do on this stream. And it really struck me how he does nothing <laughs> on his stream. He doesn't show you anything. He does not interact with anyone in any meaningful or entertaining way. He somehow walks around New York City, one of the most bustling fucking happening places in the world. And somehow shows you zero yeah yeah now you you see his face number one <laughs> and i mean he's always also so fucking excited to like like i don't know anthony has been saying so he did a video in a mcdonald's where a woman was like losing her mind or something and anthony is oh, saying cool. he he paid that lady to be in there so he could have a good Video. I mean, I, I believe that he would do that. We know like him about his viral <laughs> posts. He's always had that like weird sort of mentality. But I mean, either way, like even if it's if he didn't, it's almost worse. You know what I mean? Like just being one of those like freaks like, oh, here's somebody having like a really, really awful moment in their life where they could probably use some help and support. Like they're having some sort of breakdown, you know, and, and it's yeah. like, you know what, man? Hey, let's fucking get a little Opie content going here and fucking try Radio. to capitalize, capitalize off of this moment. Like, I mean, he's he went back to his old shock jock mode there, I think, you know? Yeah, I would like to get his apology for the cake stomping incident. At I was point. just listening to the cake stomping incident a week ago. And just yesterday, I listened to his response when the cake stomping incident got brought back up years later, they posted a video of it and he got in all this hate online about it as well. Um, but Opie is that weird thing where 
he really any any time they're you're talking about him or he is like the the center of attention or the focal point, he's happy. And yes. he can't even hide it. Like there's those have you ever heard the Spuds Buckley audio? Yes. Yes, I have. I have. So he he has old audio of him playing this character Spuds Buckley who would go like la 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 like la 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 and it's insufferable to listen to the clips because he's just like so obviously just fucking basking in it, just fucking loving that he's the center of attention. Like he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed about this tape. Like, oh, oh, I fucking hate him, man. Okay, I know there was some stuff I was listening to yesterday that was just, oh my god, he's the most annoying guy in the world. He's really the most annoying guy. He, but here's. He's so annoying. You're right. That's really what it is. He's just annoying. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so we've never done this. I don't think we've done this on Shocktober. And if we have, I don't. We didn't do this. Um, we're gonna listen to Don Imus apologize for his comments about the Rutgers women's basketball team uh, in its entirety. We're gonna get through this, and we're not gonna uh, listen to the whole nine minutes of it. I'm hoping we can get through the nine minutes. But- oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that. Let me tell you. This is like one of the very few ones that sticks out in my brain. I'm, as I'm sure I've mentioned on IMAS episodes, this was like such big news. This biggest. was like, this was the biggest news in Canada when it happened on all of the major news, everything. This was the biggest news story for me as a child in Canada at the time. That's how huge it was. I mean, I was fucking sitting around like I've listened to this a million fucking times and I've listened. Have you ever listened to Howard Stern listening to this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can't like really recommend that to the listeners because they use the N word so much. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just Howard Stern was really reveling in this situation but the reason he was reveling in it was because don imus used to say racist things about robin yeah so you know uh yeah like like that's wild to hear like like would just like say things to her like in in like not on the air like just like in the back room or whatever would just say racial slurs to her yes like i mean like this is this is like a guy who's like not like a sh- he. This guy's not as we've said. Like same with like Grease Man. Like Grease Man's comments and stuff like that. These are not people who are trying to be shocking and therefore are using like racist language to be shocking. There is a tinge of that, but these are deeply racist human beings who have right. deeply racist values. Don Imus and and uh, Grease Man definitely and anthony cumia oh, oh is, anthony cumia i mean anthony incredibly cumia, racist he's the most he i mean he's he he's the only one out of the, all those people who is like a he is like i am racist yes yeah or you know he still says he's not it's really strange because yeah. like he's been doing a lot of complaining about not being in the patrice o'neill documentary which uh. I mean, made me incredibly happy to see Opie in it and not Anthony. I just, I, I watched that documentary. I saw Opie and then I was like, well, I'm sure they'll talk to Anthony and they didn't. And it made me so fucking happy. Chris, when did the documentary come out? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it was a Patrice O'Neill documentary made by Bill Burr and they showed it on a uh, comedy central, uh, like two last year or the year okay. before or something. So that, and, so, so uh, that makes sense then that, that 
Bill Burr, you know, I mean, obviously at the time, it would have been different probably because Patrice and and uh, Anthony were friends. Yes. Um, so I think it probably would have been different, but I guess with like hindsight and also with just what Anthony has become, I can you can understand the decision, you know? Yes. Um, like, you know, think about well, who he now aligns himself with. So, And he fucking... I mean, Anthony thinks it's because Bill Burr's wife is black is the reason that he thinks he wasn't in the documentary instead of I just don't want a virulent racist on this documentary about a, a black man. <laughs> you know what I mean, like a guy that is incredibly racist all the yeah. time. Yeah, and like, what's his what's his point? Like, well, it, so he's basically saying that like Bill Burr, he's calling Bill Burr, saying Bill Burr can't make his own decisions in life, but like also like, I mean. Yeah, Bill Burr's wife is black, and you're extremely yeah. racist against black people. Do you think maybe <laughs> yeah, she she probably has a problem with you? I would imagine. Yeah, and and I kind of have to take her side on it, sir. Yeah, yeah. If you're black, you got a problem with Anthony Cumia, then yeah, I get I, it, man. I gotta say, I understand where you're coming from, and I agree with you 100. <laughs> percent That's what I have same to with, say. Same with Imus, by the way. <laughs> same with Imus. So let's get this rolling here. Let's let's get it rolling. On uh, Friday, I apologize for some remarks that I made, and other. All right, let me just stop this real quick, Chris, and I just say he's on MSNBC. <laughs> what the fuck, man? It's got the ticker going underneath him. He's literally on MSNBC <laughs> doing his fucking show. I forgot he fucking did this. I used to listen to it. I used to watch it every morning uh, <laughs> on MSNBC before I went to work at the cable company. Uh, I would download Opie like, and Anthony. This motherfucker I would be, sounds so American. This American-ass guy is like, every fucking morning, <laughs> I'd watch fucking Don Imus on MSNBC <laughs> before I worked, went to work for the cable company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got in the car, and I would use my MP3 player. I would download Opie and Anthony and listen to them while I was working. So Sick. It, it would my whole day was uh, Don Imus, Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez. And then mm -hmm. I would listen to every minute. Uh, Ron and Fez, Opie noon to three. Ron and Fez, yeah. Ron and not... Fez, noon to three. Noon to three, Ron and Fez. Uh, Eastside Dave, <laughs> little Eastside Dave shout out there. So, yeah, I would listen to, I would listen, watch a lot of Imus in the morning. And I would always be sort of shocked. It's like on a news channel and some of the things he was saying were like, oh, okay. And, 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 I and mean, on, a, on MSNBC, too. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously not like a good network at all. None of them are really, but you know what I mean? Not, not a right wing, not a conservative outlet by any means. They've oh, he wasn't. No, I know he wasn't, but <laughs> to be saying that type of stuff, you know, like he, to be racist, I guess, like you would see, you just see more racism on like a right wing, like a Fox News. You yeah, know, you would like okay, maybe that seems more appropriate being there rather than on MSNBC. It just seems so odd to think of Don Imus being racist on MSNBC. Yeah, he he was not conservative though. I mean, no. well, he was kind I mean, of conservative. He, he he definitely, but I think yeah, like he wasn't. I think a lot. I think old rich guys a lot of the time are um, old rich racist guys a lot of the time are actually secretly conservative. Um, yes. But I guess maybe it didn't necessarily help him because the conservative radio market was like dominated even then probably by other people, right? Like Rush Limbaugh yes. was already around and stuff, and so 
Glenn he, Beck. They, Glenn Beck. It would have been already fucking guy still around. Glenn Beck, that fucker. Barely um, though. He's barely around. I listen to his show sometimes, thinking about pranking him. He's on early morning still. Um, but yeah, it, I guess. Okay, let's watch the clip. Let's let's. There's let's made, but particularly ones that I made uh, on this program to the women's basketball team at Rutgers University. And it was a straightforward uh, apology that Charles and I wrote. And can I? I've listened to a lot of apologies recently. Mm -hmm. I think it is bad to open your apology by saying, I already apologized. I think that number one right there is a huge mistake. Not mistake, but it's like, it's not good. Yeah. Why, know? why, why do that? Like, hey, listen, it's almost <laughs> like saying, like, okay, you're making me do this again. Yep. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're like aggrieved to be doing it. And it's like, okay, yeah, I've already done this, but let's do it again. Yeah, I think it is a bad look. I agree. Always. And uh, I didn't uh, offer any, I didn't think it was necessary to offer any excuse. No, I don't think there is now. I didn't think there was any uh, uh, need for me to put into any sort of context what happens on this program because I unwisely just assumed that everybody knows and obviously they don't. I unwisely assume that everybody listens to this show. <laughs> this, this, what he's saying right now, like if you played back that sentence and you like wrote it down on a piece of paper, I don't know that it actually sort of makes sense. Like, I don't know that it actually makes sense as a sentence. I think what you're listening to right now is like, he's so carefully trying to, he's been, he's talked to lawyers and there's all kinds of people who have said, you can't say this. You have to make this. You have to make sure to bring this into it. Make sure to say it this way. And so he's trying to navigate his way through this in an unsure way. And it's causing it to just kind of sound like a word salad to me. But a lot. Yeah. I mean, apologies didn't get perfected until like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is early. We, this was still early in apologies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah now we know like totally. the, all of the things you're supposed to say. Uh, but back then it was just like the wild west out there. It's like when I was doing, uh, I did the episode about Kramer's apology. Mm -hmm. Like you see that and you're like, that is wild what he did. Like going on David Letterman, number one, but like also time magazine had an apology for making OJ Simpson blacker on the cover during his trial. And, uh, part of their apology was, but if you think us making him blacker is racist, then maybe you're racist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this was in the 90s. And, oh. and it was just like holding very... up the mirror, holding up the mirror to the viewer a little bit. Oh, maybe you're not so clean in this whole ordeal. That's yeah. that's that's solid. <laughs> Time magazine, by the way. Not like not like some weird, you know, magazine. It's Time magazine that said mm -hmm. that. Not Kramer's think it was um, Kramer's is the best. Important. <laughs> to uh, talk about what I do with my life, what my wife does with her life and, and who I am, because uh, I thought it was important that I apologize to these young women and to that coach. <laughs> Can you pause it? As he's talking right now, it says Anna Nicole Smith is Playboy Magazine's cover girl from May 2017. <laughs> that is scrolling across. I'm not joking. Across on the little Chiron on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, or on the, yeah, on the ticker. It's so weird, man. You for what I said. And so that's what I did. And uh, that was before any newspaper articles. That was the first opportunity <laughs> that I had. And I made this. And I say, 
that that was before they even wrote the articles. I was already apologizing. Yeah. I was very early on the apologizing. Uh, let me tell you, it's I basically said it and I was apologizing pretty much right away. <laughs> yeah. What I said, and so that's what I did. And uh, that was before any newspaper articles. That was the first opportunity um, that I had, and I may discuss that with. Well, it depends on what Reverend Sharpton asked, but I'm going to appear on Reverend Al Sharpton's radio program this afternoon. One of, if you find this, it's one of the best radio shows of all time. I have listened to it a few times. It's fucking incredible that they got him to go on Al Sharpton's show. <laughs> and like, you think Don we could get it? Could we? Yeah. I mean, uh, let me, let me look here. We can start that. Um, I got to see if I can, uh, I'm Al Sharpton. I mean, the problem with it is that most of the videos are going to be, most of the videos are going to be, uh, um, people making fun of it, but. Oh, there Al Sharpton on I miss part one. That's, oh, no, that's him going on. I miss that's different, right? Yeah. 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 I don't think it's. I'll find it. I'll find it and I'll post it on my Twitter or something because he really is not. Don Imus thinks like, you know. On uh, Friday, I apologize. We'll move it ahead. To who I am or what I Don Imus on his show, like Imus goes on Sharpton's show thinking that Sharpton is going to, uh, uh, thinks that Sharpton's going to uh, accept his apology. I see. And Sharpton does not accept his apology the whole oh, that's, time he's there. That's actually kind of <laughs> awesome, to be honest. Yeah, and he's that's like, kinda, that's, like, I, I kind of got to give it up to Al Sharpton for that, to be honest. That's kind of a huge move. Like this fucking racist ass guy who you know is not honestly sorry, who's very clearly like a, a racist guy, um, is just like trying to get this, like use you as like a public... You know, and I mean, I mean, well, I don't know about Al Sharpton. I don't know his hope, but yeah, that's kind of a big solid move from him there. Just bring him on and then be like, yeah, no, no, I don't accept that. No, I still want you to be fired. Yeah. Like at the end, Imus is like, so do you still want me to be fired? And he's like, yeah, I do. I think you should be fired. <laughs> okay. Give it up for forever now on that one, everyone. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows ever of any show. Yeah, that's solid. <laughs> I do. And I don't want anybody to think that this, uh, that I'm trying to weasel out of these remarks or that this is some kind of excuse because there isn't any excuse for what I said. And I don't, and I, and I don't, I'm not inclined to try to weasel out of these comments, which is why, uh, when I reached out to Reverend Chapton and he invited me on his program, I'm grateful that he's allowing me to come talk to him. And his audience. So, well, you are not going to be grateful. You will you. not be grateful at the end, pal. You've been duped by <laughs> Sharpie. You've been sharpied. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I I have to. I'll send it to you because I gotta find it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've listened to the whole thing a bunch of times, and it is so funny. But uh, here's more. Imus. He's still calling for me to be fired. That's his right. But at least he's gonna let me talk to him. So, um. These young women at Rutgers, they don't know who I am. I mean, they pick the paper up and they don't know. They, they don't know whether I'm some right wing uh, racist nut, whether I was angry, whether it was some kind okay, of. Okay, hang on. Hang on. No, I mean, they know if you're a racist guy. That, I'll, I will tell you that, Don. They, you're right. They don't know you. 
But the one thing that I think that they're pretty clear on is that you are a racist guy. <laughs> you're kind of right wing and you're a racist. Yeah, no, I think no. that's probably what they would be rightfully thinking <laughs> if they picked it up and found that you were calling them a racial. I mean, you were, you know, I mean, they, how else would they take that? Really? I mean, when you listen to the audio of what he said, oh, it yeah. comes off so much more mean and nasty oh, than oh, just it, saying it, what he said. No, you it, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. In 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 print, as bad as it is in print, hearing it come out of his mouth and like that there's no sort of humor in it. And it's really, really quite an awful comment. Um, I mean, but he didn't he didn't want them thinking that he was some racist guy or he, he wasn't <laughs> like. Obviously, these Rutgers, like he mentioned it there, they were probably thinking like, oh, maybe he was just mad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's probably what they were thinking when they picked up that paper. They were probably like, oh, this old fucking racist guy was probably not actually being racist in this instance. He was probably just mad. Yeah. But look at look at him, too. Like, they got to fucking look at this guy now. Ugh. Like, that's a bummer when, when yeah, like, that's you not have to fair look to John Imus. It's not, not fair to fair anybody. To any I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't mind being unfair to you. Diatribe whether I was drunk. <laughs> uh, they don't know what the, whether I just came on the radio and said, hey, the young women of the Rutgers are yada yada. So let me provide a comment. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Hey, he, he yada yada over the best part. <laughs> Classic Seinfeld uh, reference there. Um, that is absolutely amazing too. Like he's he's like he's like uh, he's trying to excuse it in his apology too. He's kind of saying like, well, they don't know if I just came on and said that, which would be crazy. <laughs> like what I was doing was I was talking about, and then I said it. Yeah. And then I said it, it in a really hateful way. I didn't just come on the radio and say it. I said other words first. <laughs> that way it wasn't the whole show where it, I was I just saying those words. It for three hours. You know, I said others. <laughs> I did news stories. I had a guest on. I took phone callers. Did some commercials. We played commercials. These girls, these girls have no idea if I even ran uh, live reads, but I did. <laughs> I did do live reads. I promise you. <laughs> not as an excuse not that it makes this okay it nothing makes this okay but there's a difference between premeditated murder and an accidental on uh, the gun going off accidentally and an accidental the gun going off accidentally <laughs> didn't want to say an accidental murder i think well and he's saying like there's a difference as in like well i was just riffing and racism came out it wasn't like you know, his like, thing now is I didn't write it first. I showed his freewheeling. He seems his defense seems to be that he was accidentally racist, yeah. <laughs> that he made a mistake and it was racist. But it's like, I, I will say I have never been accidentally racist. Well, I mean, I yeah. guess like, I mean, I'm just thinking, have. I'm just thinking to myself, I guess maybe I've misspoken and like, and like messed up a word and then it came out as a slur do you know what i mean like in like a mixed up speech or something then i could see but that's not what happened here he said the full sentence right and i i i mean i've not i pro, i've said racist stuff on accident and i would say that i was very likely probably racist at that time <laughs> like, like when, i i, I when hate you, to say it i understand what you're saying like when something slips out like that it's because it's in there. 
It's, yeah. it's, it didn't it didn't fucking fall out of the sky and then slip out of your mouth. It was inside of you and it slipped out, whether you're drunk or whether you're fucking angry or whether you're in the heat of the moment or whatever. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, I'm listening to all these these edgy comedian guys. Yeah, I know you're like a big that. fan of the I know you're a big fan of the edgy comedy. Yeah. Yeah, that's me, man. <laughs> big edgy. Com- but I was at the time. I still kind of am weirdly like I just wanted to be different edgy. than it used to be you know i like it when people say like anti-america stuff and shit like that which is Mm -hmm. still a relatively edgy thing to say i mean less so than it was like when nine like right after 9 11 oh Mm -hmm. that could get you in real trouble well just like saying anti-queen stuff right now in england it's getting people in trouble proper that's true i'd be in jail chris i'd be in jail (laughs) i like my mark i killed the queen i killed the queen (laughs) <laughs> this is a patreon episode right it is it is all right i it murdered is. the queen i murdered the queen i'm guilty of her murder why did you do it? i didn't i didn't like the look of no it wasn't even an accident it was premeditated i did it on purpose i fucking killed her because i didn't like the look of the old bag all right <laughs> look at edgy chris these killer chris is back baby look just out. in time we're halfway through september it's just about time to start recording shocktobers and killer chris makes an appearance uh i mean somebody still gets shot but the charges are dramatically different okay. this program has been for 30 or 35 years a program that makes fun of every this hang on that would have been so funny if he's like this program for 30 to 35 years has been a racist program (laughs) and now all of a sudden you want to try to act like there's a problem with it but a better apology honestly like hey you fucking people i've been racist for 35 years now all of a sudden you got an issue with it i should have been fucking fired in the 80s i mean give me a break yeah come on man it's fun of me uh, and it makes fun of everybody on the planet. And sometimes it makes fun of me to a vicious standpoint. Does that mean I get to say something about the Rutgers women? Of course not. But that's the context in which we operate here. Is it appropriate? Well, we'll talk about that a little later because that's got to change some of that. Because spoiler <laughs> alert, spo- spoiler alert, uh, Mr. Imus, uh, the world decided it was not appropriate. <laughs> And that was the end of you, my friend. Well, he ended up getting back on, right? On uh, uh, Fox Business. They put him on in the morning. Are you fucking kidding me? This did not end his career? No, he came back and I think made more money when he came back. But if, like the contract he signed was for more money. Um, he that, was that, that moment that I'm, I'm getting that homeland. Do you ever watch the boys? You know, that homelander moment where he fucking yes. kills the guy that I'm just imagining Don. I'm is fucking making those racist comments, <laughs> him fucking signing that contract for more money afterwards and having his homelander moment. You know what? The yeah. Fuck? yeah. Probably feeling so good about himself too. Like, damn, the best investment I could make in the future was to be racist. Yeah. And he probably feels like, oh yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm like th- this, like, shows that i was in the right in some way you know what oh, i mean yeah. like he's probably just ah uh, he's oh, dead yeah. now he's dead now though yeah that's cool yeah but he's dead he, he's dead he was like a total he was uh, he was employed all all the way up till the day he died he was employed at uh fox business i believe i mean that makes as i was saying 
I didn't even know that when I made those comments earlier, but it makes sense. Fox was just basically like, oh, you're too. Oh, they fired you for being racist. So come on, come on over. Yeah, be racist over here. You'll love it. People love that here. (laughs) Some people don't deserve to be made fun of, like these young women who played for the national championship in basketball. They played for the national championship. They beat Duke. And then they played Tennessee, the national championship. They don't need me to try to be funny about them. And, but they don't know that I was trying to be funny. They don't know what this program is about. I mean, because uh, I call my wife the green hoe, does that mean I can call? No, of course not. Wait a second. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know the humor of it, though. <laughs> well, he calls his wife the green hoe. So <laughs> him saying, should I be allowed to say it because I call my wife the green hoe? Absolutely not. But I do it. I mean that it like I just don't understand he keeps do they know that I was trying to be funny? Like yeah. like like what what is the the joke was they oh man imagine if I was racist against these basketball players like I <laughs> sure Yeah I get it. it is that is the joke. I mean if imagine if I said a really nasty thing and then when I apologize I say well Spike Lee says it which that his first apology was that Spike Lee says this stuff. So hmm. Huh. You know, I've seen a lot of Spike Lee movies. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. And uh I think it's just a different thing when I says it. I will they- say though, it does feel different, I'm sure, coming out, but hey, Spike does say it. I will I will defend on there that I have seen Spike Lee's movies and Spike Lee does say it. So that is factually accurate. I'm not sure how it relates to Don Imus, the old <laughs> white gentleman, being able to say it. But I think it's yeah. like pretty established in society, those types of rules. But whatever. True. Why, yeah. Because it's not okay to make fun of them. But that's what we do, and that's the context. So I want these... Wait. He said it's not okay to make fun of them, but that's what we do, and that's the context. Listen, it's not okay to be racist, but that's what we do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're very racist. Over Don't know here. what else and to tell you here. I mean, tune in. We definitely feel a lot of racism towards uh, minority groups uh, at this program. Um, it's part of what makes us such a great program is our hatred for minorities. Um, and so this is basically in line with everything that we do. And uh, we hope to sign a big contract over at uh, Fox Business uh, in a couple of weeks. Thank you. It's, that, it's part of the fabric of what we do. Part of the fabric of what we do is being racist and basically trying to, I guess, uh, create uh, hatred towards mar- marginalized people. <laughs> and uh, we we're pretty good at it. Business is pretty good at the moment. So he, he's going to get into some good stuff here. So I've reached out. I had I talked to Reverend DeForest Soares last night for 45 minutes. I had a great conversation with him. He's calling for me to be fired, but he's a decent, brilliant man and a great evangelist. And 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 he said that guy's so fucked too. By the way, this guy, Doctor DeForest B. Soares Jr., is senior pastor for the First Baptist Church. I bet that guy's fucked up in a whole different way. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he's got some fucking nasty shit he would say on the radio about a certain group as well. Um, But yeah, that that is so interesting that uh, um, he's just like, yeah. So I talked to all these black guys, (laughs) and uh, they fucking still want me to get fired. But like, they are all. 
super fucking cool and smart and like i'm really digging their shit but like yeah they fucking hate me but like, i was i was calling like every fucking black guy that i could get a hold of and they fucking hate my ass they just fucking hate my guy but we had some he good was, conversation he said i believe you and he said you know you don't need a we don't need to come to jesus situation here he said you, you the, the he said you know what the enigma of this is the the tragedy. Oh, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang word. on, <laughs> hang on. Come on, Don. It's a different word. Don. Yeah. That, that actually made me nervous for a second. Don. <laughs> Come on, man. There's got to be a mystery. The mystery playing, of the situation. was fire, man. Yeah. With your old age. <laughs> he said that I believe you, that you're a good man. He said, and you said this, you said this, what are they saying? What, what, are, well, he's named a couple of people that I won't name, but what are the people over there on the right saying? And he said, you know, at the core of every uh, black person, and said, so you have to understand this. They believe that white people don't like them. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, you, what would cause now? Yeah. What would cause them to think that? Maybe like one yeah. of the most successful radio hosts in the country being openly racist and getting a contract <laughs> very shortly afterwards. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Why would they think that? Was it possibly the fact that white people brought them here as slaves and forced labor on them, and that's their history? Could it have anything to do with? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just him saying, like, you got to understand that that it, what it feels like to me hmm. is he's saying you got to understand that black people can be racist, too. I think is really what I feel like Imus is saying here wants um, to say, but he knows that he can't say that it will come be in off. trouble. Yeah, it would come off very, very poorly in this situation. This is really. This is really a wild apology that's happening right now. And he keeps talking about the right. And then he like went and joined Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you got to probably think he was super pissed off when he got fired. And you also like, got to think not, again that I, I really believe that he like he probably donated to conservatives and stuff like that. He's one of those yeah. guys who is probably just publicly because, again, as we were saying, the conservative radio was already fucking oversaturated. So he knew he could have an audience on the other side. Yeah. And most of the people he was having on were more centrist types. It was like a Harold Ford jr. And, uh, fuck what's a, a John McCain and John mm. Kerry. It was people like that. He was having on, but in the end, before he died, he was endorsing Trump for president. So yeah, of course, he, of he course, fully yeah. made the turn, <laughs> but it was and, and, and I, as I said, I, I don't think it was much of a turn. I think it was a slight veer, you know, <laughs> Yeah. I think he was already on that fucking path. And they believe that no matter how good a white person is, that at some point it comes out like it came out with you. And that just confirms. It's not the first time. That's not the first time it's come out with you, though. There's a lot of stories about you being racist. Yeah. <laughs> the way yeah. He's saying that is like, you know, it comes out on accident. And it's like, yeah. Like we said, if it comes out on accident when, when we were younger and, and not as smart or whatever, it really literally came out in a way that was like, I didn't know the damage this was doing. But this guy has done it a 
fucking trillion times. He's also you know? on a national radio yeah. show saying it. So it's like if you are saying that when you know every single human being is going to have a chance to listen to this and it's an entirely public comment and that's how you're speaking. I mean, I remember listening to old Opie and Anthony clips and them talking, making thinly veiled references to Anthony openly using the N-word or like yeah. uh, Jackie the Joke Man Martling openly using the N-word, you know? like um, uh, So, I mean... These, if you're fucking letting it slip on the air publicly, then it is something that you are fucking saying. You know, it is not like the one. Oh shit! The one time it happened to slip out was when I'm watching what I say the most because I'm in front of a national audience. Like that's fucking bullshit. And if you'll say this, what will they say? And so I want these. Uh, I've I've asked these. The Reverend uh, divorce starts to 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 see if these young women will allow me to come apologize to them and their families. No, and their coach and he said he, he would did work out. on that. Ten thirty Saturday night, I talked to Bob McKay, who was the athletic director, is a lovely guy. I talked to Harold Ford all weekend, and uh, I talked to Harold Ford had nothing to do with this. That I want to say that Harold Harold Ford is a a centrist. Uh, he was in the house of representatives, I believe, and he's, he's a black man. So him, he's just throwing names in now. He had nothing to do with this, but he's like, well, I also know a black guy. I, I also talked show. to this other black guy who was just <laughs> like, he was like, yo, yo, you're racist and I hate you. And like, he's a lovely gentleman. He's just <laughs> absolutely one of the nicest and smartest guys you'll ever meet. And he told me I'm a d disgusting racist and everybody hates me. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Griffin, God bless him. actually reached out to Reverend Sharpton when I asked him to and arranged and, and told Reverend Sharpton that, that, uh, that, well, that I wanted to, to talk with him. And so it's just how that came about. These young women also need to know, not as an excuse, and not after what I'm going to say now, do I expect these young women to say, oh, well, he he works with black children or he has black friends. That means he can say oh, this. No. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But they need to know that I'm a good person who said a bad thing. And there's a big difference. That's that, that, that to me. Can you pause it? That, that to me is the most telling line of the whole thing. Like, honestly, like that, that like was the one I felt the most him saying they need to know I'm a good person yes. like that. That felt like true desperation. Like it was it's important to him. He was thinking about his legacy and it was some importance that he believes he's a good person and he needs other people to see that he is a good person. That is very important to him. Um, that's, also, that was, he's, a, he's a good person that says bad things all the time. I, I would yeah. say too. Like that's what he's explaining. He's like, we say a lot of nasty stuff on this show all the time. Yeah, but I'm a sometimes good when it's when it's yeah, sometimes we'll you know just like one of the other staff members who's black will be in the back room and we'll just like call them a racial slur off the air <laughs> um, when nobody's listening. It's just called comedy. It's called humor. It's um, something you guys should look up. Yes, yes. Uh, New Mexico for kids with cancer and blood disorders and so on. And we, it opened and we found it. It's been almost 10 years and a half, nearly half of the kids who come there are from minority groups. 
uh, Native American, Hispanic, Asian American. Uh, an Asian Very American cool. girl just won the Ibis Rance Rodeo this past spring. Very cool. Uh, yeah, thank you for doing that, buddy. You congratulations know? to them as well. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure. Being dying children that are coming to my tax write-off ranch. Yeah, congratulations on your tax write-off ranch. Yeah, uh, African American. Ten percent of the kids who come to our ranch are African American. Oh, if not, I'm not a white man who doesn't know any African Americans. Okay, and these and my wife and I. Did Rhymes, we run this ranch. My, we don't oh, have counselors. Oh, 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 keep on. No. My, and my <laughs> wife and I sometimes will put an ad out in the paper asking for a big old African American to come over and just plow the living shit out of her right in front of me. Let me tell you, folks, I love the African American community. I am not a racist. If I was a racist, why would I let a black man plow my wife in front of me while I jack off? <laughs> I mean, also saying like we have sick people here, so you can't. Yeah. You. You, you can't I mean, it's, it, it, get it, me in trouble. Totally. It's like so like, hey, just a reminder as well that I help sick children out. And some of them are fucking black, by the way. <laughs> this is a, a, such a crazy apology. It's so it's crazy not, in its length as well. You know, yes. A whole basis of this ranch is these parents from all over this country and all over the world. They send their children to this ranch because they know that. My wife and I are going to be their parents for 10 days. They live in the house Ooh, with that's us. That's fucking scary. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, hang on. They live in the house with us. Wait a second. <laughs> I don't like that. Somebody, I, I don't all. like that at all. Did anybody look into this? I, like you're, you just people are going like I I believe there was another ranch where parents would drop their kids off and and they would stay in somebody's home. It was known as the fucking Neverland Ranch, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to really rough here and it's 10 days by the way they come there and stay for 10 days I don't know you... the story I don't know this like I remember Howard would make fun of this thing I think probably what he was doing is overall was a good thing most likely right off though I know tax, tax write off definitely and had to do with that but I think you know he put some time into it and and probably did some form of good with it um, but just because you do some form of good doesn't mean that you should be using it to shield yourself from accusations of racism. That sort of, uh, yes. uh, you know, eliminates all the well, good you've done. Then it sort of makes it seem like you weren't doing it for good reasons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he seems like a good enough guy. Us, they're with us 24 <laughs> hours a day. There's not an African-American uh, parent on the planet who would, who, who has sent their child to uh, the I'm just rancher who didn't trust me and trust my wife. Okay. And, um, when these kids die, uh, we don't just go to the white kids' funeral. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Oh, what? The, yeah. What the I, fuck? From that sentence, that is a really scary sentence for me to hear. Little Michael Morgan, God bless him. Uh, he turned 17 years old on Christmas Day. He died January 1st. And my wife and I, of course, went. Oh, this fucking pisses me off so fucking so much. Can you fuck this? This this <laughs> makes me fucking angry. This fucking young fucking man fucking died. Is 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 has passed away from tra under tragic circumstances. And this fucking old fucking skeleton racist fucking 
piece of shit is using the fucking like the 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 memory of his fucking death to shield himself from accusations of fucking racism it, dragging this fucking child's fucking name on on MSNBC through the fucking mud of his fucking allegations that he's facing in order to fucking protect himself what a fucking scumbag yeah Sorry. he he's nasty man Robert Near Philadelphia, my, my wife is from Connecticut. Never been to one of those. What? Uh, he knew that we loved him and his. He'd been to the ranch twice. Okay. Two years ago, he came to the ranch and he he desperately wanted to win that ranch belt buckle. And uh, I knew what I he was terminal then. And I had the stopwatch and I could have let him win easily. But he would have known that and I would have known that. And so he was pissed and he at me. And everybody else, because he didn't win. And he came back last year. He came back last year. And he tried with all his heart to, to win, and he didn't win again. But okay. I let him win. But he <laughs> all right. I, I, okay, this is so fucked up. So now he's just telling an anecdote <laughs> about that sounds like it's going to be like, and I let him win to be a nice guy. You know, yeah. but then, like, what is the purpose of saying this? He's like, okay, so there was this black kid who was dying. And he really wanted this fucking belt buckle. And it's like, I had the stopwatch. I could have let him. Probably wouldn't have hurt anybody. It was clearly a big deal for him. But I was like, nah, fuck this dying kid. He ain't going to fucking win this shit. And then he came back the next year. And it's like, this. no one ever does that. Clearly so desperate to fucking win this shit. And again, I was like, fuck this kid. And then, and then he died. So that's, that's basically... I believe that basically Don Ivis in this situation is, <laughs> I mean, I can't even, I can't even, <laughs> I mean, it's one of the most incredible pieces of uh, audio that I have heard. Don Imus giving an anecdote at the end of his um, apology for being racist, discussing a uh, person of color dying at his ranch and him um, refusing to allow this kid to win the belt buckle. That's how he's, that's how he's ending this. Okay. Oh, speaking of which, I think that we've, I may have lost Brian here. Brian, are you, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm back, Chris. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry about okay. that, man. Oh, no problem. I was, yeah. So basically if you, I was just talking about the insanity of using an anecdote about a kid who's dying yeah. and you not doing the altruistic and kind thing and allowing this kid to win. Like, I, yeah. I don't see the purpose. I don't understand why he told that. It almost felt like he just started in on the anecdote and then he didn't really think it all the way through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't remember the end of it because it doesn't really... Can we pull back a little bit and just listen to it? Because it really is fascinating. I mean, it, this sounds like he's an evil guy. And so he was pissed and he at me and everybody else because he didn't win. And he came back last year. He came back last year. And he tried with all his heart to, to win and he didn't win again. And I could have let him win, but he... Well, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do that and he wouldn't... He wouldn't have wanted me to do that. And then he went home and he died on Christmas Day. So, <laughs> and these so, kids come out so there just, and just, uh, with just, sickle cell. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think he wouldn't have known even. 
If you I let know. him win. No. If you let him win, of course, yeah. If you told him afterwards, hey, um, hey, young kid, who's this is the most important thing for you uh, in your life right now and you're about to die. Um, if you told him that I let you win afterwards, then yes, he would be upset. But if you just let him win and then he didn't know and then he passed away on Christmas Day and he had that one beautiful moment that you gave to him, that would be kind of a, a win-win situation in my mind. Right. So there's only, you got to hear this. Yeah. And I could have let him win, but he went back a second. Well, I, but, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do that. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't have wanted me to do that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he would. And then he went home and he died on Christmas Day. So and these kids come out there and uh, with sickle cell uh, anemia. So I, I so I know <laughs> African-American children <laughs> and I'm so I, I don't need to come to Jesus experience. And you might say, that's it. That is the Imus apology in its entirety uh, for the first time ever. So wow. one of the worst apologies that I've ever heard. I'm not I'm not even exaggerating that that might be <laughs> one of the he really sealed it by telling the story at the end about not letting the dying kid win the stupid fucking belt buckle and then the kid just dying without ever having won. Yeah, that yeah. basically ended his apology. It was like, by the way, <laughs> this kid was dying, and I do, wouldn't give him a belt buckle. So anyway, yeah. don't, don't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also think, again, that he's like, don't if you fire me, I won't be able to afford to help these sick kids. Is really oh, what yeah, it feels like he's there's saying. There's a tinge of that, definitely. You're right. I wasn't even <laughs> thinking about that, but it's not even just hey. I'm a good guy, but also like, hey, I'm running this organization where we're helping kids. So you want to, you want them to, I mean, I, I was going to, I guess they're not helping to save them. It's a different thing. It's like a compassion ranch, right? It's people with terminal well, illness and they're, it doesn't sound like compassion though, in, in a way to me. And well, that like, yeah, because you compassion, let, but, but let the fucking kid win the fucking belt <laughs> buckle, you old fuck piece of shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't feel the compassion. No, uh, not at all. So, uh, well, Chris, it's been very fun. I know you have stuff to do and, mm -hmm. uh, I have to pee and I appreciate you doing this on short notice no problem. and, uh, we'll be talking in a couple and probably next week or the week after we're going to start, Sweet. uh, October. It's going to be very fun this year cool. and, uh, tell people where to find you, Chris. Not even a show. Just look it up. YouTube.com slash not even a show. Patreon.com slash not even a show. Got a lot of uh, great pranks over there, um, inviting people onto my fake shows and interviewing them. I yeah, so I think you'll enjoy it if you like uh, if you like this. But most of you guys probably already know that. So, anyways, thanks uh, thanks for having me. I love you. Me too. I love you too, Chris. I'll see you soon.